Don't you ever go away. I will always be this way. Yeah. There's no way all the love in this world. Oh, oh baby, I, yeah. I'm your man. You're I'm my girl. girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. Mm. On this episode of Individuality Unleashed, I'm Vern Trimble, Senior Director of Marketing and Communications here at Wonderkid, and I'm joined by the incredible Charlie Crow. How you doing, Charlie? Hey, I'm very well, thank you, Vern. It's nice seeing you with, with you this morning. Same, same. It's a great way to start off the morning. We, we have, it's a very fancy, regal episode today. Why, mm. you may ask? Mm. Uh, why? Why is that? We're in London, and I've never been. Excellent, and one of your children is called London, I do believe. That's exactly right. That's she is good. as sassy as this city. Very good. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time here. Yeah, I absolutely will. I'm really excited to be sitting down with you, and I'm really excited for our guest to meet you, to learn about you. Uh, Charlie is an industry analyst and expert on all things advertising, and we're going to be talking to him today about attention and ethical advertising in the UK ad industry. Are you prepared to talk about that? Yeah, I'm prepared to talk about that. I'm not I'm catching you off guard, am I? Ethics. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, ethics is probably the only thing we should talk about, isn't it? That's, uh, that's the only, only most, important, most important subject there is. Exactly. <laughs> it's being facetious. Mm. Yeah. So, top line synopsis. I'm going to read this because my uh, colleague, Lauren Johnson again, who is fabulous, has been so kind, has written a synopsis of this episode that I don't want to mess up. Because I want our audience, audience to understand exactly what we're talking about today and why ethics and advertising is so important. So, attention has been heralded as the new ultimate advertising metric with the ability to predict outcomes three times more accurately than viewability, according to Dentsu Research. But in a world where 35% of internet users aged 16 to 64 in the UK are now using ad blockers, and attention is effectively at an all-time premium, how can advertisers and publishers alike join forces to capture consumer attention in an ethical way, without detriment to user experience? Answering this question is key to securing the long-term sustainability and lifespan of the online advertising industry. In this podcast, we sit down with industry expert Charlie Crow to dig into this meaty topic. First question, Mr. Crow, how important is attention as a metric and how well are advertisers measuring it currently? Wow, okay, um, goodness me. That's uh, it's one of those wonderful, very specific uh, media topic questions that yes. you get usually at industry conferences and, <laughs> and panels. And, um, and, and well, first of all, I think it's, it's, it's quite hard to isolate attention, if you like, from, from some of the other um, key buzzwords that, that have been in our industry for, for the last few years, the last decades, um, such as participation, mm -hmm. disruption, and so on, viewability, yes. attention, viewability. I mean, it, it, it's hard. Uh, you'd, you'd need probably three degrees in psychology to try and really understand the <laughs> distinction between what is viewable and, and what, what gains attention. That I do not have. Um, so so I, think, I think that, you know, we're all trying to, different platforms are yeah. trying to find their commercial advantage and their value propositions, their differentiation between other platforms. And I think that's, a, that's valid, a valid commercial undertaking. But let's just, let's just sit back a little bit sure, and sure. let's think about attention uh, as a whole. Um, I, think, I think my immediate thought about this question, Vern, is that um, there's a bit of a crisis of attention are going on, particularly in, in, in the open internet right now. And why, why do I say that? Well, well, if you look at most publisher platforms and you try and read good quality content on, on the internet, we, we, what we're seeing is that the industry has is really um, become an arms race of attention for the consumer, mm -hmm. such that reading a page of good quality content is almost impossible. It is mm -hmm. so, the, the, the old model of disruption 
has moved into the digital ecosystem such that you've got maybe four or five different platforms vying for your attention, mm -hmm. pop-ups, trying to find the, you know, how many people have spent time trying to find that tiny little cross that's always hidden, a white cross on a white background <laughs> to try and get rid of a pop-up. Um, <laughs> you know, um, a huge amount of, of, of it's, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, flashing lights on, new, on, uh, on, on news broadcasts that mm -hmm. uh, they, they warn you about if you have uh, problems with epilepsy. Yeah. It is very, very hard to concentrate on good quality content. Now, what, why, what, what's that doing? With all of this vying for attention, um, you're diminishing the user experience of good quality content. Yes. Okay. Which is forcing consumers towards ad blockers. Mm -hmm. And actually it's also forcing consumers towards, towards closed environments and walled gardens. Mm -hmm. The open web is, is it, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're destroying the value of good quality content. Right. And, and, and I think that's where the advertising industry needs to really shape up. Mm -hmm. We need to look at this and say, look, the advertising business is culpable in, in, in creating this, 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 this bad user experience. Mm -hmm. and, and it therefore, as being part of the problem, can be part of the solution. So I think that, you know, going on too much about attention and so on and so forth, I think we should be looking at something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We should be looking at quality experiences okay. and how, how advertising and content can recombine and partner again mm -hmm. in a union that benefits both. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's Content, so then that begs the question, is advertising, similar to content, something that consumers even want to see? I think, I think again, I think we're, we're, I do think that the advertising industry is facing something of a crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about ad blockers and, and, uh, and the, the decline in trust of advertising itself, both, you know, and the, and the respectability of advertising as an industry itself. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I think we should stop and we should just say, hold on a second. In, in, in worrying about all of this arms race of attention on the open web and all the concerns over privacy and, and, and so on within, within the wall gardens as well, um, we're losing the debate. We're losing the trust of the consumer. And we've just got to say, hold on a second. The advertising, let's think about the advertising industry for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just step back. Okay, what is it and what, and what, can, what, what social good does it contribute to? Mm -hmm. You know, it contributes, it is a subsidy mm -hmm. for the free media and plurality of media in most economies. And as such, it should be celebrated, okay? Mm. The, the free and open advertising links to a plural media, transparency and openness in communication, which links to democracy, which therefore links to liberal values. Mm -hmm. All of those are ultimately connected. Mm. You know, what is the first thing that goes when you get dictatorships in societies, you know, when Vladimir Putin presses, presses harder and, 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 his, and puts his, his um, iron fist over society, press. they take over the press, yeah. they take over the TV stations. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what then goes is freedom of communication, freedom of expression, freedom of advertising. Mm -hmm. So, adver you know, if, if I am able to go onto the internet and read free content because of advertising. I'm able to go onto free to air television and do the same. I'm able to read high quality journalism through my Sunday magazines and so on. I pay for those supplements and those newspapers, but ultimately if there wasn't advertising within that, it would probably cost me about 10 times more. Yeah. So I am better off, this society is better off because of advertising. 
That should be celebrated and recognised. Now, what are we doing now? Is advertising is starting to erode, yes. and we're all now the consumers are starting to be concerned, and we're we're we're, we're destroying the very greatness of what this industry really is, mm -hmm. and that's such a shame. So it's it's essentially a social contract. That yeah, it's a social. Yeah, and, and we should also accept. We should also accept that that I do not, as a consumer myself, as we you know we do not turn on. Our, our laptops open up our phones to say, I really would like to see a commercial message right. <laughs> from Procter & Gamble this morning. However brilliant Procter & Gamble and so on and all these wonderful ads are, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We are going into to, to content to find out reliable information that's trusted or to be entertained. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is the first thing. Good content created by great content makers is still the most important thing. Advertising, therefore, needs to be part of that. It's, mm -hmm. But it's the secondary thing, but it's important. And, and all the, the rising tide lifts both boats. The better the content, the better the challenge for the, for the, for the commercial content makers and the advertising industry and the media buyers. And, and then it, we just get better as a result. I, I think that's an excellent way to frame this. And I know you mentioned it's, it's essentially an arms race, but it's an arms race to destruction. It's an arms race. It's, yes, exactly. It's an arms race for attention. And, and it's, it's just like, you know, it's a bit like when you come out, I'm sure we've all had this experience, you know, when we've tried to find our taxi when we've come off a big long flight mm -hmm. um, and we go into the, the arrivals hall and there are about 1,000 uh, name, name boards in, 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 that, in that arrivals area and you're trying to look around and, mm -hmm. it, and it's really difficult. And, it, and it's perplexing, it's tiring, and sometimes it can be quite stressful. Yeah. That's a little bit like going into the open internet right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so I think, you know, it, it, it's, an un, it's almost like an unre unregulated environment at the moment. Although, they, of course, there are regulations, but there's no one there sitting there arbitrating over, ultimately, the quality of the user experience. And consumers are therefore voting with their feet. Right. Yeah. And their dollars. Seeing, <laughs> and, their, and their dollars. So, so I think, um, you know, this is an important debate to have, particularly because, you know, we're going to see now the, the, the massive growth in, in connected television, for example. Yes. Uh, and, and in digital out of home. So all this omni-channel opportunities that technology is now beginning to drive will be the next phase of the, of the media industry itself. So to have this debate now as to what should be the contract mm -hmm. between content and advertising and the participation and how we can discuss the good things about advertising so that consumers know it and rely on it and actually appreciate it more, um, would, this is a good time to have this debate. I, 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 good time indeed. I think in considering the ethics of advertising and that social contracts, uh, the social contract that we as mm. marketers and advertisers have yeah. to deploy, it's not necessarily our audience's responsibility to understand that that contract exists, but we certainly are responsible as the marketers and advertisers to uphold that. We, we are. And I think, you know, one of the things that's happened in the last few years, which I've been really welcomed, is, is that the organizations like, say, the, the ANA and mm -hmm. uh, in the States and the, and the World Federation of Advertisers have begun, that particularly the media components of those associations, have begun to realize that their budgets are ultimately uh, forces for change. Yeah. You know, that they can move their money where their mouths are and make some sort of um, uh, judgment calls on that. And I very much hope that that, um, that continues. I mean, I remember... It's funny because I remember having this debate about 15 years ago with, with the, the then global media director of, of Unilever, who had just, um, probably just before then, they just launched the Dove Soap, the new Dove mm -hmm. Soap campaign, yeah. the Real Women campaign. I remember which, that one. Which was very much a groundbreaking 
um, approach to, to the attitudes of women and models and so on in their, in their crea creative work uh, and is still going strong, which is fantastic. And I remember at the time saying to the global media director, you know, if, if, you're, if you're really strong on those sorts of, you know, giving impressions of real women, uh, why are you still placing those ads for Dove in, in publishers, in magazines that are using the airbrush on their models on the front cover, mm. right? And, and, and to which their response was, well, you know, that's just the way it is sort of thing. That's not a... And, 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 it's, and it struck me as not being a connected and an ethical pr practice going through the line in terms of the whole... The whole but now, now there, is, there is clearly indications that the media spend is also reflecting the ethical values of the companies. And that's a really good thing. I think that is a really good thing. The, the, the ubiquity of glossing over imperfections, yeah. I'm putting up air quotes for those <laughs> that are listening, is... is, is transcends not only our industry, but all industries in all of society, but then it leads that question, what does ethical or sustainable advertising actually mean? Especially in this modern age where consumers are putting their money where their yeah. ethics lie. Yeah, well, well, in the in the race for attention, we're, as as we've just been saying, we're we're losing the bigger picture. So that's you know, so so eth ethical advertising starts with with not wearing down um, the consumer and seeing the consumer as a unit. Mm -hmm. um, okay, like a unit of capital, something that could be manipulated. I mean, we used to we used to we used to buy audiences, didn't we? We now we bid for them. Um, and in the move towards a performance approach, I think there's a general sense that consumers now are just is just a units of manipulation where we can pull the lever and there's some sort of outcome. Um, and and this we bid for that, and and there's something quite dehumanizing about that approach and the language we use about how we target the um, ab, um, consumers and so on. And I think so, so the, the more we do that, the more I think we're missing the point, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, p consumers are not rational sort of means of exchange and, and um, they're not, they're not f uh, fungible assets and so right. on. Right. Um, so, so I think, you know, we do need to sort of respect that a bit more. And, and we seem in the chase for seeing the outputs from, from, from log files on the internet, we seem to have sort of um, run after this, this whole new, wonderful new world of these new metrics. Mm -hmm. And we've forgotten the fact that actually we're in the business of delighting, informing, entertaining people. Oh. Oh, we're yeah. not, not chasing them and stalking them. You had, say, um, Volkswagen in, in Sweden, so, you know, saying, how can we do media for good? And if you remember, there's a famous example of, of, uh, of them taking a tube station, a train station somewhere in Sweden, where everyone was using the escalator but there were some stairs next to the escalator. Everyone was using the escalators because that's we're all naturally quite lazy. Mm -hmm. But the idea was, is how can we get people moving and, and uh, encourage people to sort of get healthier? Mm -hmm. So instead of um, putting an ad up saying, please use the stairs, um, what Volkswagen did is they made the stairs into a keyboard, an actual active keyboard. Mm -hmm. You stepped on one, it was a major, minor key, da -da 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 -da, and you could run up and down it and make tunes. Yeah. It actually worked. And then they, they analyzed the pre and post that little activation. And of course, the joy of life and the spirit of life, people switched from being static on an escalator to being active up and down those stairs. Mm -hmm. That was a wonderful piece of advertising. That's it brought something yes. to the consumer. Now, if we can do more of that okay. kind of thing and we can try and do it through the internet and there's no reason why we can't, then, then great, we're, we're, we'll be in an industry that we can all be proud of. That's, 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 what strikes me about what you just said is that human nature 
requires us to be delighted, to be engaged. Right. We don't want the monotony of of the day to day. We want opportunities to experience the remarkable. Correct. So when a remarkable moment yeah. is presented to us, yeah. we want to take that. But it's so interesting that many marketers and advertisers and publishers don't take that, they take the approach less traveled, or yeah. often traveled yeah. in this current age, which is performance, 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 yeah. at the detriment of yeah. the actual user experience. Yeah, that's right, and somehow the user, the, 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 the consumer of the content has suddenly found themselves in an auction. They don't even know they're being auctioned. Right. That's what's so weird about it. They, mm -hmm. don't, even, they don't know that their data is being auctioned. But they feel it. They, they, they don't they know, they feel it because of how the, the content is returning to them. They feel it, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, you're right. There's a, um, and, and there's all sorts of things going on, right? I've got this good analogy for yes. you. I don't know whether this is going to work, but, um, but I, I was going to talk about a little bit of advertising is getting into a little, what I would call an, an epistemological crisis. And mm -hmm. what do I mean? What do I mean by that? Yes. Um, imagine this, right? Um, you are watching... Um, Djokovic and Nadal play in the Wimbledon tennis final. Mm -hmm. Good, okay. good final. Yeah. Right? I'm sure it's a great, great final. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you're watching it, it's really exciting. And, uh, and Djokovic win, wins. Mm -hmm. Okay. Unbeknownst to you, you were watching a different channel. You were actually watching a repeat of last year's final. Ah. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. It happened to be that the, the, the final this year, which you, were, which you didn't see, was on the other channel. Mm. And it turns out that that Djokovic also won that, okay? But you're not aware, you, you know, but you... So you go out to the pub and you meet some friends who, who, did, who are very keen to, because they just traveled over from wherever, from Atlanta, mm -hmm. um, and they're keen to know who won the Wimbledon tennis final like this year. Mm -hmm. And they ask you, right. and you say, Djokovic won. <laughs> now you are correct, mm -hmm. but do you know? Now, this is where I think a lot of the issues are with advertising and information on the internet. Mm -hmm. We do not really know. We're chancing across knowledge. We're trancing across truth. I understand. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is becoming something that's, that's vapid and difficult to get a handle on. Our, our, the, the actual source of our knowledge is beginning open to question. This is an epistemological crisis. I see. What is true, what is not? We can chance on the truth, mm -hmm. but we're disconnected from it. Yes. Because of the burst of information that's happening to us, funded by advertising, is causing this... this and, and this, these issues, and, and that, that just not only touches our lives, but it touches the way we think, the way we act, the way, way our children act, the way we interact with our friends and, and society. And understandably, can cause many to lose a sense or grasp of sense what is real. <laughs> what is real. And when you lose that grasp to reality in that way, you, you, opinion becomes more important than fact. And we know what happens when that happens. So then the question then becomes... Then you vote Trump in... <laughs> so then the question, we are in the UK. <laughs> so, so then the question, uh, we take no political leaning here at Wonder. Yeah, it's okay. You're not Did in that analogy We're in the UK. Sense. It made complete sense. Okay. It made total sense. And I think it, it, it leads us back to the question uh, for me, who is then responsible? Because it, it seems like there is a, an unspoken social contract, as we've discussed. Mm, mm, mm. But it seems as, as the publishers and the advertisers know that this exists and, the, and people feel like it exists but don't understand that there is this contract. They feel like they should be getting something, but they're not, they're not pulling the levers, if you will. I want to understand how should publishers and advertisers be balancing the competing concerns of user slash consumer experiences 
and ad revenue, revenue considering everything that we just discussed? Yeah. Well, I think I think advertisers have more responsibility than they than they than they claim, and 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 I, they should step up a little bit more, to be quite honest. And and um, because fundamentally, they've always been the hidden guiding hand of, of the global content industry. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the commercial influences affected the very launch of the very first soap opera. You know. And it's fair to say, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, newspapers are not an old panacea. You, you read a newspaper today and probably half of the content there has been influenced by PR agencies, right. you know, so, 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 but, but nevertheless. So, so that I think the commercial interest coming back to the client is, is, uh, is important. And, and actually there, there's reasons to be optimistic about that because mm -hmm. clients, as we know, are bringing more and more of their um, tools and systems and their media platforms in-house, mm -hmm. which... Um, if it's not flowing through, you know, agencies, it means that at least ultimately um, that advertisers have literally more agency over their own communications and the way they spend their own money. And, and I've, I have not met, to be fair, an advertiser that does not believe that they should take a more ethical approach. Mm. As, you know, as well as pushing digital transformation, which is number one on the agenda, um, you know, most, you know, very, very, you know, all the, all the CMOs that I know, are fundamentally very decent human beings and care about how, how you know how the society and the world should, should break out. So, uh, and it may be somewhat frustrated that sometimes they can't make the change as quickly as they would like. So, mm -hmm. so I think that is a good sign. So I think you know we're in a good position and we should be looking for that. So, so I'd say having an ethical requirement um, should be um, in everything that, that the industry does, and that should be the first first thing to, to ask about. So if we go back to the the, the open web and the clutter and the and the fact that we're heading towards some sort of self-destruction you know th this is this is why it's great to be part here with with wonderkind and and here you know because you have a product mm -hmm. that that is um that is a solution to a problem correct it's at least not adding to the arms race of attention it's not another fourth set of a new firework display on on, on my screen mm -hmm. um that's just going to interrupt the content even more it's actually trying to do something that also almost sort of goes back to that sort of rather more um, respectful um, attitude towards the user, which is, you know, yes, we need the ad, um, but here it is in a format and in a place that, that, is, that is balanced and fair and corresponds with your user experience. Understanding that you're here for the, for the editorial, yes. you're not here for the advertising. So, so I think that that reestablishes mm -hmm potentially a, a pact that, that I'm calling for here. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think so, yes, in media, there, there are companies that are offering a solution. And I think, I think that I would say one more thing. Please. That social, social value should be a part of the media plan. Can we... So, so another good example is, is for Philips, actually. This is a long time ago in China. But I remember this being a great example. Um, Philips were launching... Um, their new sense and sensibility campaign in China, and, and in, instead of just putting an ad on the on TV, which was you know people would leap to do, they just looked around and they and they saw that um, in health clinics in, in in most cities in China, there's a huge problem of waiting times, waiting lists, and so on. You go, you can go into a, a health clinic and, and you can wait up to seven hours to see a doctor at that time. So it was a big big sort of social problem. What Philips did was they just went into a couple of these uh, surgeries. And they installed text machines. Mm -hmm. So you were able to go in, rather than sit down and waste your entire day, you could put your text, you could put your mobile phone number in, and then when you were ready, you would be texted to tell you that your appointment was ready. It's really simple stuff. Right. 
Um, and that meant that people go on. Now, that was just a solving an annoying social problem, but it created huge value in terms of the advertiser because they were giving something. Yes. So it was media, but it had some form of benefit to the consumer. You know, so I would like advertisers to sort of try and, and, and think about those areas first before they start thinking about, you know, the CPM, you know, the, the, the total audience and, yeah. and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And ultimately revenues. But then there's a balancing act because I w they would argue, well, we have a responsibility to our shareholders and a responsibility to the bottom line. How do we approach driving revenues as well as adhering to social, the social impact that we've been discussing? Yeah, but there's, the, look, there's good advertising is either memorable because it's brilliant. And that's why we, that's why we always love the... The Super Bowl ads. Yeah, you know, that's why we always remember the the, the surfing ad for, for Guinness. You know, these are brilliant pieces of content that are memorable and are and are worthy in their own right. Mm. So they're entertaining and memorable. How else do you make great advertising? You help people. You provide a benefit. What else is there? Right. I, I don't know whether you know preaching to them, disrupting them, um, tailoring. The the, the the create the DCO tailing the creative to the particular data that the person has or the weather that, uh, in that on that day and so on is all nice and, and, and funky and interesting but uh, personalization uh, yeah but just because I'm getting an ad with my name on it mm. is that so, I think we you know we're, again we're looking out for these little silvery spangly things like magpies in the industry but fundamentally you entertain you educate and you help people absolutely agree. And, and if you're not, if your advertising is not doing one of those three things, then it's not very good advertising. Mm. And then proxies, like viewability, like, you know, like all the, all the proxies in, in there are, are going to become more, they, they don't mean, a, they only mean something when the advertising is not very good. Mm -hmm. And that's when the media proxies take over and that yes. becomes the trading environment for the entire industry. And I think that's partly where we're leading to at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's emperor's new clothes. Mm. And, and I think, you know, sometimes we should say it. It's, it's an indictment, but I think a necessary one. An absolute necessary one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's as simple as, I'm sorry. Like, we, we love advertisers and marketers and publishers. Yeah. And like, we're, we're here to help, but I think it's also to be able to look in the mirror and say, like, hmm, am I, can I be doing this better? Well, I, th I think so. I mean, we, we, yeah, I mean, we talked about this b before, about uh, coming, coming back from the Cannes Lions Festival last year. Mm -hmm. um, there's this duality in the, in the industry. I don't wanna, I'm not going to knock any specific platforms or anything like that, but, 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 but um, what did I hear? I heard people... There, I've seen your advertising industry executives talking about, you know, putting more money into into some of the social platforms, whether it be Facebook, Snap, TikTok, and so on, and, and that's all legitimate commercial value. And then I heard them saying, when they go back home, they're worried about their children spending too much time in screens. Interesting. They're worried about their children always glazing gazing up at their phones during dinner. They're worried that they've just heard that their daughter's friend has a has an eating disorder or is mm -hmm. suffering from depression right. and is wondering why so many children of that age are having these issues. They're worried about their child perhaps being bullied or, or going into the wrong parts of the internet that they shouldn't be going to and they're worried about. That is, I defy anyone to not to degree that most parents 
who work in advertising mm -hmm. are privately concerned about screen time, their kids spending too long in their bedrooms in the metaverse, right? Right. And yet professionally, they come into work for nine to five and they're funneling more funds into those very platforms that, that whose business models depend upon more and more young people spending more and more time mm. within those platforms. This is now that yeah. has got to be called out. Yeah, this is this is aggressive, but I think it's it is a necessary conversation. It's not an indictment to to stop or to repudiate, no. but ultimately there's a moral. What you're saying there's a, remo a moral it's, it's responsibility. Like, it's like yeah, well, I think that's the thing. It's it's not. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying right. let's have an honest conversation. Indeed, about what what the benefits are of of this digital explosion that we've all followed into. I mean, this is the thing. Things happen. We don't ask them to happen. It's all sure. technology, mm -hmm. and then we when we look back. And we see all of these unintended consequences mm -hmm. of what happened. Now, surely, having had history, civilization, you know, read Yuval Harari's, you know, um, books and so on, you know, just mm -hmm. a great indication of some of those unintended consequences mm -hmm. of, of development. Um, surely now we're intelligent enough to say, hold on a second, let's not fall into that trap and look back in 10 years time Correct. and say, oh, we should have done something differently. We can say it now, but we're not. The, the industry needs to be honest with, its, with itself. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And I think one of the things that we can help our listeners with in first laying out what's at stake, the table is spread before all of us. For those that may be concerned about revenues, that may be concerned about the morality, that may be concerned about the social contract that we have with our audiences, what would be, in your opinion, the actionable takeaways? What can they do today, to, today and tomorrow to start this shift, to be a part of the solution as opposed to the problem? Um, yeah, what can they do? Well, I think, I think um, we have perhaps a responsibility when, when the industry gets together at these forums for, for those organizers themselves to, to, to put those, some of those questions on the agenda and I get those that. people. Um, get them talking. I, I, th I think, you know, if, if, you've got, if you've got a situation where you've got a, a, a client an agency and, 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 and the media, you know, perhaps you've got some sort of idea of having some sort of ethical committee mm -hmm. uh, just to monitor and have a certain checklist of questions that you'd ask uh, before you write those media plans and before you engage with, with the DSPs and, and the SSPs and so on and so forth. Because programmatic, clearly, as, as a business, uh, should not be separate mm -hmm. to those. So, so, so I think that that's an interesting, you know, and you, you can do that with algorithms, you know, you can have... You, you can you know you can have moat and, and uh, integral ad sciences for certain elements of course of that but but um, but I think you you need you need the human agreements and human packs before you go you go down that route and you sign off and, and do the you know the whitelists and so on does Great. that make sense it does make a lot of sense then my next so uh, uh, that's that's a great perspective what are a tactile solution we have a product at Wonderkin that can assist these agencies with solving some of these critical uh, issues from a performance standpoint. Can you talk just a little bit about what we're doing today to, to essentially help publishers and advertisers meet the expectation of their, their audiences? Well, I think, um, yeah, I think, think what we've seen over the last few years is a, is a, is a, is a, is a very welcome um, uh, awareness among the clients of some of the great issues um, that are happening with, with programmatic buying and so on, you know. Mm -hmm. It started off with viewability, of right. course, you know, and uh, the great stand that was made by, by WPP originally and Group M uh, in terms of the, the way they policies. And now, now you're starting to see those sorts of issues spread 
into into other areas of the media and other agencies are now clearly having their own ethical viewpoints. So I think that's really brilliant, really really welcome. Um, I think that that um, you've you have the, if you have those tools, I think we have to be aware that um, you need honest conversation with the agencies to support them on that. Yes. I mean whether the agencies are completely aware of some of those tools or whether those agencies are developing their own tools, mm -hmm. um, in which case, you know, um, there's going to be a, a competitive issue with right. which tool wins out, you know, and that's, that's an interesting area of the industry right now, is, is where, does, where does the agency technology stop and the technologies, the, the vendor's technology start? Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of clients are not really particularly aware of, 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 of that. So, so I, think, um, I think there's a real opportunity for perhaps the technology industry itself and the agency business to come together with that. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why the IAB could not bring together those parties and have their own set of standards that adhere between the agencies and, and the tech companies. So whether it's your tools that become, you know, preferred or, or graded suppliers that, that are promoted to, to clients as, as options that they can use um, through, a, through an independent arbiter like the IAB. So maybe that's some, something that's worth, worth kicking around. I think that's good. And I think it's, it is the responsibility of advertisers and publishers to do that research. They have to triangulate yeah, they do. this. And it's a combination of technologies. There are, there are 8,000, you know, different tools, platforms, and systems yeah. around there. Right. Buying. Um, if you look at the Loomascapes or the MarTech yeah. industry landscapes and so on, you look at that and you could, you could wallpaper your downstairs toilet with it and, <laughs> uh, and, and you could spend 20 years living in your apartment and still not, still <laughs> still not, not, still not have seen every brand that's, uh, that's in the box. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, really tough. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's another thing we need to be aware of too. I mean, I've, I've not met a, a major client Chief marketing director, or or a or a or a, or a media head of digital transformation, media director, whatever it is, at a, at a branded goods company that's that's not probably got three or four more jobs on their job list now than they had five years ago. Yeah, they've all come back from COVID. The digital digital transformation agendas have exploded. Right. Um, and you know, media people that were once just managing the agency relationships are now managing the platforms. They're managing the, they're managing tools and systems. They're doing e-commerce. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so you know, there's a huge amount of pressure in the in the industry, particularly on the client side, uh, and people who work on the client side. Uh, time pressure, um, it, it's extreme right now as we go through this extraordinary change. And it's a really fundamental time in the industry. Right. You know, it really is. It's been a when I started twenty odd years ago. You know, there was <laughs> there was Unilever right. and, and Procter and Gamble to take the two big advertisers. They had one global media director right. each. I remember them well. Um, are still in touch and they're good men but the um, but now mm -hmm. they've hired from Google they've hired from the agencies and now you've got teams of, of, of experts it's a transformation in terms of the knowledge control confidence and expertise on the client side and I think we're still trying waiting to see exactly what the output and the uh, consequences of that are going to be that change is happening right now I that's that's brilliant, and I think, and you mentioned this just uh, earlier, that a part of that responsibility, a part of uh, that change occurring is by having dialogues, having conversations similar mm -hmm. to the ones that we're ha having right now, and it's yeah. imperative that we do that, and we do that openly, yeah. and we do that consistently, because yeah. that's the only way we're going to bring Yeah, I think, I think the advertisers have got to be aware of that, too. I think uh, I'm not also an advertiser that's not said that they, they increasingly, because of all the different digital transformation changes and pitches and uh, RFPs that are out in the market, they're not getting sucked into internal issues. Mm -hmm. More and more brands are getting internally focused down, going down the rabbit hole of their internal organization. You know, and they can spend six months not looking up and looking around. So, you know, I think there is, there is um, we all need to help each other 
look up, look around, be better. We need to help each other look up, look around, and be better. And I think there's no better way to end uh, today's episode than on that salient point. Charlie, thank you so much thank you, man. for joining us. Before we go, you want to sing us out? What do you want to sing? Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we could do some more Midnight Train. <laughs> How does it start again? <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can start right on the, the course. Going back to find simple place and time. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm leaving. He's leaving. <laughs> On that midnight train to Georgia. Thank you so much again, guys. That was another great episode, we hope, of Individuality Unleashed. Yeah. Ooh, simpler place and time. Yeah, yeah.